0: It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s with a ban on black players in the NFL with a past that informs the present. Blackball is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host,
1: Chelsea Stark-Jones. Blackball is dropping soon on The Ringer NFL feed Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Amanda! Major Taylor Swift news. Can you believe it? She's still doing it. This was kind of old school. I believe this happened Saturday night. <laughs> yes, it's come out that she and Joe Alwyn broke up. Yeah,
0: after six years. Saturday night, it hit the the internet. All the... the the Taylor Swift fans were retweeting all their theories and their Easter eggs and she had changed her set list so we should have known and XYZ. Here was my take. Okay. Taylor Swift is 33 years old. Joe Allen's 32 years old. They've been dating for six years and then they broke up. The early 30s we're not going to get married breakup is, that's a tough one and I feel for him. You know? I just, I'm (laughs) like, my heart went out to both of them. Like that is, that's a real thing that happens to a lot of people. You invested a lot of time you were wise enough to realize this is not going to pan out. We we gotta we gotta move on now. But like that's it, you know it's it's a I fraud know. one.
1: That's what I have to say. Did you follow all the demois like theories associated with this? Of course not. So will you share them <laughs> with me? Demois has insisted that they had some kind of commitment ceremony last year in England, right? Like, like, for a long time, and so that like really. Was like pushing that they were already married, if not in law by by emotion. And okay. so a lot of a lot of people were like, What are the laws of binding legal marriage in England versus the United States? Okay. But I just raised that to say some think they were married, and that, but I just think that they were home. I think COVID extended this relationship a lot because yeah, that's very I also had that thought. Yeah, like, they were they were home together. She, in particular, had a real disruption to her natural rhythm of life, which is no one else's natural rhythm of life. So it probably allowed her to, like, really like, settle into a relationship for longer. And then, I don't know, it just seems hard to be Taylor Swift and maintain a relationship that you also want to have some secrecy with. So I guess I just think six years, it's like, that's six years in, in COVID time and, like, real-world time It's probably, like, half that. So it's like an asterisk. Yeah. On the thing. Yeah. It's
0: a sick and, and And you think maybe it would have petered out at like 29, 30, were there, you, you know, were yeah. it not for COVID. That one's still tough. I'm going to be honest. Like the early 30s, <laughs> I just, I have sympathy for people. Yeah.
1: You think you've in the it early 30s. And
0: yeah. And you haven't. And you, you have plenty of time and and time and resources and everything takes on a whole new dimension when you have Taylor Swift's. Amount of money, but especially in terms of marriage. But you know, it's like you're taking stock of your life. I, I sure. I, I I do feel for them. I would like to take a moment to speak to the people who somehow think that a commitment ceremony and legally binding <laughs> marriage are the same thing.
1: <laughs> because well, it's keep, not. keep going. Sorry, keep going. No, I just.
0: And on the one hand. I have a lot of empathy for Taylor Swift and Joe Allen going through like an emotional thing right now, you know, and that's sure we all have ups and downs in our emotional life. On the other hand, marriage is a financial arrangement, everyone. OK, that's <laughs> I, that's what you all I want you to go through life remembering you've got your earnings, your property, your future. And that is really different than, you know, calling the archbishop. Like uh, th- to your garden three days before your internationally televised wedding and saying I love you and that's really nice too. But everyone, remember what you're getting into when you sign the legal documents. Thank
1: you, Amanda, for that warning.
0: <laughs> well, I just, I you know, I want people. Let's let's use our heads. We can use our hearts and our heads simultaneously. <laughs>
1: I don't think Taylor Swift should ever get married. Like she has too much money and too much to lose. And what does she need to get married? Just find someone who, I mean, unless she like really believes in marriage, but I don't know. I actually feel like, and I could see her being like, eh, I don't, I don't need it. So I don't know. I just think, I, I hope that she finds someone that if she wants that, and if she doesn't good for her, I think this is good for her music. Midnight's is not good. And wow. many, many <laughs> Juliet of her best not are from though,
0: you remind me that Anti-Hero was playing in the Spotify lobby just now as I walked through to get some coffee, and I have spent some time recently—I've spent more time with Mid- Midnight's, and specifically Antihero, in the last two months than I had previously, I think primarily because I've spent a lot of time with Miley Cyrus's Flowers, which mm, great song just,
1: yeah, great, great just an A-plus
0: for me. It's also a big hit with the toddler demographic in, oh, cool. in my uh, Los Angeles home. So I can speak to that very specific demo. Anyway, so then Anna Hero comes like on the autoplay, right? After we've jammed out to flowers for a while. Like, what is going on in that song? Sometimes I feel like I'm a sexy baby. Like, what are you talking about? I was just going to bring that up. I think what are you
1: talking? Like literally, stop your short stories, okay? I think that's in the running for one of her worst lyrics ever. Like it's really, really
0: bad. It's all, and, and she's a monster on the hill. And then there's the thing also about like the my daughter-in-law had a dream that I left her out of the will. Like I agree with you. Creative writing has not served Taylor Swift as well as real life <laughs> inspiration.
1: Okay. Yeah. So this will be this will be good for the tunes. However. My main concern is that "Invisible String" is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs, right. and if she's no longer going to be performing that because it's about Joe Alwyn, that would be tough. I would Maybe be very. She upset. needs a break, you know. Okay. Hopefully, she'll come back to it. She can have some
0: time. We can allow her some space in her personal, between her professional and personal life, and then she can rotate it back in.
1: I agree overall, but she, she, she really goes back and forth on how much space she wants. Well.
0: I, I do wonder whether changing the set list was her soft launch of her breakup,
1: and I yeah. suspect, knowing Taylor Swift, that it was. So, I think it'll be back. I saw another rumor, complete rumor, no idea if this is true, that she's like, are, like already like seeing someone new and it's like casual and like going fine. I have literally okay. no evidence of this, but I just feel like in my in my bones, I just feel like I wouldn't be surprised if she ended up dating Aaron Desner. Okay. The national guy she's been writing with. I think he has a family and stuff. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, I don't know anything about his personal life because, you know, even I we don't have care things about to the do national. beyond <laughs> knowing about celebrity gossip and, like, my boundaries and at the national's, like, extracurricular commitments. Sure, I do not believe that Taylor Swift is capable of a casual relationship, both just because she is Taylor Swift, <laughs> you know? And there are... It's just logistically, okay, so Taylor Swift can't, like, go have coffee with someone, you know, like, low pressure, especially in the middle of the era's tour. There's nothing casual about what's going on with her, and that's not even her fault. Also, Taylor Swift falls fast and hard, you know? She's not a a casual dating person. Or at least her music does not indicate that. So (laughs) I don't believe that. I So far, page six— is reporting that they were not married and that she is there is no other person, and <laughs> I think I believe page six
1: on this and their source. I think that's evolving. I certainly read okay. this in page six myself, so I think okay, I think it's a, a, an ever evolving source. And right. also, gotta imagine Team Taylor Swift is is making a lot of moves to, to control the this narrative. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Jade, our producer started this recording session by being like, I had never even heard of Joe Allen. So, which is remarkable because I would say Joe Allen Jade is an actor and he has been in a number of films. He was in a Claire Denis movie recently. He was in Conversation with Friends, the adaptation of the Sally Rooney novel. And he was in, he's been in a lot of stuff.
1: I was, I I just want to pause yeah. right there. This is yeah. big picture, Amanda speaking. He is definitely not in a lot of stuff to regular people. Like, well, even to, no. Even to me. A time like, out. I, time out. Time out. No, okay. I'm, not, I'm not done. You, I'm not done to other people. He is not in a lot of stuff. I can name two things he was in off the top of my head. And I'm like, okay, very current with this type Juliet, of stuff. Juliet, have
0: you seen the film Top Gun Maverick? No.
1: But okay, I could say so, he in that movie.
0: Jacques. okay? Jade no. just Googled him, and she said that she has seen him before. I forgot he was also in Lena Dunham's Favorite. adaptation of Catherine called Birdie. Mm. He pops up, and you're right that this is big picture Amanda, but it's big picture Amanda transitioning to Jam Session Amanda because <laughs> he has been in a tremendous number of things, and I have always wondered whether someone's relationship status led him to be cast instead of Mm. another blonde guy in certain films. And I wonder whether I, Amanda Dobbins, will be seeing as much of Joe Allen in
1: the films that, you know, Juliet does not seek out. Well, Catherine called Birdie. That's produced by Lena Dunham, isn't it? Yes. Which is like, Taylor Swift was in her wedding. So I assume that's how he got that role. Right. Yes. (laughs) It was directed
0: by Lena Dunham and I actually thought it was quite charming and he was pretty good in it. It was one of his better recent performances.
1: I think he's like a good actor, actually. He's fine. He's like, yeah.
0: He's like good at being that guy,
1: you know? Except Jade. Yeah.
0: I guess so. <laughs> Jade, Jade is now like, she's done some more Googling and he's like 50-50. Um, you've seen him, you haven't seen him. That's okay. Uh, listen, these aren't like all high profile movies. He's in the Souvenir Part 2, Joanna Hogg. Jade recently shared with me that she is a member of like AMC's whatever programs and sees a lot of movie. Check out The Souvenir, Jade, part one and part two. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. I don't know where Joe Owens' acting career goes from here or his songwriting career. Never forget that he wrote a
1: couple songs on Evermore. He's going straight to the British procedural and he will never return to America. Like okay. there's an endless number of show, television shows for him to be on that that I will then watch on BritBox. I'm more likely to watch him on BritBox or Acorn than in an American movie. So do you he'll, think this he could detective. help a British procedural take the leap from BritBox to Netflix though? No. No, no longer? No. Wow. I think he's just like, he's yeah. going to play DCI Jones or he's going to play like... You know, he's he's going to have to move to Glasgow and and just film all of his television projects there. And and I'll watch it, and I look forward to it. They'll, like, revi- revive Scott and Bailey for him to be on it.
0: Okay. I just want to say that Exile, the song that he co-wrote with Taylor Swift and Boney Bear. Bear, is a great song. That
1: bridge <laughs> absolutely slaps, still. Well, I also don't think he'll be having any more songwriting credits like Uh, i i agree with you there i think it's over what do you think was his contribution the word exile or one other word of the song (laughs) Um, you know
0: that is like a a call or like a two character song so maybe he
1: wrote one of the characters (laughs) i would love to know his exact contributions it's amazing what you can get a songwriting credit for that is true so it literally could be three words i wasn't joking is that one of your aspirations to have a songwriting credit? No, but I do I, I do love to know about the machinations of pop music behind the scenes and who gets credit for what? Yeah, but okay. I just assume it's he was like in the room and like set a line all right. Well, I think that's a nice thing to do
0: during Covid is to give <laughs> yeah. the person you've been in quarantine with and building life with a, of course, a credit. Great. It's fine. I really yeah. like exile. The rest of it's okay.
1: I really like invisible string. Okay, That's like well, a great one. Listen, I, I, don't, I feel I don't for like them. Her. I wish you were watching Love is Blind. At one point, this guy says that he mostly dates witchy women. And I feel like folklore Taylor Swift would really fit the bill for him with his witchy woman vibe. And I, I was just gonna say, I don't like Taylor Swift's witchy vibe either. So <laughs> <laughs> it's time to move on for Joe Elwin for all of us. Okay. I've been amazed how many people I know have seemed to finagle tickets to a Taylor Swift concert. Same. I, I would like to go, but I don't have those
0: resources. And again, we I said this already. I feel like I'm taking it away from a 12-year-old, you know? Yeah. And, and I want it more for a 12-year-old than for me. <laughs> I wouldn't go in costume. So I feel like you have to, you got to earn it at this point. Yeah. I
1: would happily go if gifted tickets, but the work to find them just seems too hard. Yeah. But good luck to everyone. All right. Shall I move on? Yes. I've been really enjoying The Guardian's coverage of the royal finances, which has led me to, like, reconsider, just to, like, have any sort of knowledge of the coronation that's coming. And, Mm -hmm. Amanda, it's still happening. They're still continuing with these plans, even though it seems that no one on Earth seems like it's a a good idea. Uh, No one on Earth seems to be attending. It's, like, it's just his family. I think Harry is currently not going, right? right. That's, well, that's I was going to say latest? just his UK-based family. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you an Instagram today. I did. I, I did read it. It was first thing I
0: read this morning. So, so that's true. I read a text from my friend in Houston, and then I read that. Scrolled through all of it and forgot to respond to you. But I'm ready to respond now on our podcast. <laughs> I hope it was
1: a good way to start your day. It was. It was a slideshow of, quote, regalia to be used at the coronation of the king and the queen consort. And then it's like a lot of crowns. Yes. The coronation spoon, which is from the second half of the 12th century. Mm-hmm. The ampulla, which is a gold <laughs> bird, it's used to hold the consecrated oil, with which a sovereign is anointed during the coronation ceremony. Right There's a, an orb from 1661. A scepter, also from 1661. Is the scepter the one with the dove with there's two, ivory on it? say, there's two scepters. One with the okay. dove and one with a lot of gems. Okay. And you can find more at royal.uk slash coronation hyphen regalia. I will not be going to that website. <laughs> And I would really love for the Guardian to examine how many of these jewels were pilfered from another country. Because I I think all of them,
0: right? Like I, I knew about the ivory dove on the scepter because that is not a great thing to be touting, right? You know, like a giant ivory that we don't know the sourcing on that. Uh, We do know the sourcing on it, and it's really bad. So apparently, that one's going to Camilla. Yes, that's correct.
1: Okay, to quote you. Yes. How are we still doing this? I
0: really don't know. I can't believe that they're doing it. It's so silly that there's a spoon that... A spoon! Is like a thousand (laughs) years old. I mean, the spoon is maybe the only justifiable part because it's like a thousand years old and it's sort of like a historical artifact, I guess. I think the chair you know, that they sit on mm-hmm. is also pretty old. I think it just lives in Westminster Abbey. So that's, I, like, I get it. But even there, it's just playing dress up. It's with, really crazy. To to determine the quote-unquote leadership, you know, symb- symbolic, if not constitutional, of, of an entire country. Like, what? Guys, absolutely not. This is really silly. I can't believe that they are actually holding a coronation. I And I was thinking about it in terms of, you know, we have a ceremony when we have a new president, an inauguration. It is a ceremony of state to mark whatever we believe, you know, about the United States and also to let Jennifer Lopez sing Let's Get Loud, which is a real thing that happened. Never forget. <laughs> that was so awesome. So I understand some sort of ceremony, but... It's tough when you when you call it a coronation, that implies a crown. And as soon as you've got a crown on the scene, much less like 10 to 15 crowns with jewels robbed from, you know, various countries that they ruined. It's it's really silly. It's really silly. It's it's wild. Have you perused the Guardian's package at all? It's, it's I sure did. I read it's evolving. Well, I, yes, I I read everything. I I read the link that you shared in the doc and that you also texted me again. I'm really sorry. Sometimes when you text me at like 6 a.m., I consume all the information, but I don't write back because I'm... I understand. You know, I'm finding my glasses, et cetera, you know?
2: Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea.
1: Three great words: free, fries, Friday, especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries
2: with $1 minimum purchase. Bell one time on Fridays participating members through 123124 excludes tax must update rewards.
1: There's a long article about how the queen was gifted many horses by various different heads of state, mostly gulf states. Yeah, And then how Charles has sold them since she's passed (laughs) away and made like millions of dollars on them. And like a very earnest question about if those horses were gifts of state because she met these other state leaders because she's queen or if they're personal because the queen loves horses. And once again, it's just like, this is insane. And also riveting reading, simply riveting. And the way to the queen's heart was by giving her a horse, apparently. Yes. I th- I feel like I knew that
0: from The Crown and from various YouTube footage of her at horse races, like, smiling for the only time in her life when horses won things. But, you know, I guess they didn't really publicize the horse the gifting. trade aspect. I mean... An- A gift horse? <laughs> A gift horse. Another thing... It's sort of overlooked, and all that. It's like horses are like living beings that they just you know sold off for, according to the Guardian, twenty seven million pounds, <laughs> which is what like 33, 34. But how's the pound doing against the dollar right now? It's very one to one, if not yeah. less. I'm looking at another headline here: India archive reveals extent of colonial loot in royal jewelry collection. Great, great stuff. The Guardian is
1: going in like big time. I, How I have can to you not enjoying it?
0: They're just honestly gonna parade around with really heavy crowns and jewels. And I, you know, I have been in my life to the Tower of London to see the Royal Jewel like collection and is like mm. on display as a tourist thing. That is like it's slightly historically different. I, I mean you know, at this point, I guess it's sort of like the Elgin marbles and all of the other things that are in the United Kingdom that have been taken from other places and are on display and need a lot of historical context if you're going to see them. But to actually be like, yeah, we're going to give them to a new monarch. I don't I don't know. It's,
1: it's crazy. It's, I, it's seriously crazy. Also, because Charles has no humor to him. I don't think most people in his position would like be self-aware, or be like, wow, I shouldn't do this. I've waited my whole life for it. But he is particularly humorless. And all of this, and all of the conversations around the royal family with Meghan and Harry just make it look so much worse and just so much more tone deaf.
0: It's just, they should just do some sort of like swearing in ceremony. Like, you know, they should just do something that's not a coronation. I don't understand why anyone thought this would be a good idea in the year 2023. It's so silly. Will
1: I watch it? Yes. If this is like, The cliche of, like, girls dreaming about their weddings their whole lives, but this is real with Charles dreaming about his coronation his whole life.
0: (laughs) I just don't want to draw any more attention to the absolutely preposterous mythology surrounding your family's extreme wealth. There have, like, been some headlines that are clearly planted by Buckingham Palace to try to shore up some support. That's like, Charles is cutting down the monarchy and he wants to turn it into, like, an institution for service. And, you know, that like, sure, like, every country has some sort of figurehead or other who, like, makes appearances and does things in the national interest. Like, that is a nice idea, but if it has to be funded by literally your millions of dollars, billions of dollars of palaces and jewels that you get presented in front of everyone for a national holiday, I don't know. I I just let's let's rethink this. It's a huge mistake.
1: Also, yeah, it's. I feel like that he really wants to put Camilla out front, like alongside him, and I feel like yeah. that's just not going to go well either.
0: But people are kind of shrugging right now. But I I too. When I was clicking through and I was, was like, looking at the giant crown that was someone else's crown that she was going to get. And that was, like, the first time that I'd thought about, like, how pissed Diana would be in, like, 10 years. I've really moved on past a lot of that. But, wow, she would be really pissed. That's all. (laughs) She'd be really, really pissed. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It still—it makes— it's another silly sentiment and a very preposterous
1: and like grotesquely expensive charade, but she'd be pissed. Well, I'm pissed on her behalf. I too will watch though. Just for the music. I would like a Royal concert. That's like a symphony. And they just like sit in church and he just, they just like play music. And I'd listen to that too.
0: That sounds great. (laughs) And then, and then you're King and you get to, yeah. you Yeah. It's Same like, as it not, was the other day before. I'm actually, I since I'm not a British taxpayer, I'm like you could keep your palaces. I guess like I don't really care. <laughs> Just like let's not parade around in like blood diamonds.
1: Yeah, what about I'll, that? I mean, and also like. Even though I was sort of bemused by it, the conversation over like who should get the twenty seven million dollars from the sale of these horses that were given to the queen by other heads of states, it's like it's like a lot of money for a country that has a cost of living crisis and yes. like a growing wealth wealth gap, and like that's why it's such a such a big deal. Which I actually think the Guardian could do make a slightly better connection between. But like, if those are state funds, redistribute them. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, Charles. You're ridiculous. On food news, we call him KC3. We do a lot of KC3 news on food news. Oh, because of his like weird eating habits? Yeah, like how he was gonna hire a vegan chef to cook him one meal a week. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He was gonna eat vegan one day a week, so. Okay. (laughs) And then vegetarian like another day or something like that. I don't know, it didn't make any sense. But yeah, uh, KC3, he's, it makes it sound like an NBA player. Okay, let's move on. (gasps) Next. Nancy Myers movie with Scarlett Johansson and Penelope Cruz and other people from the movie Vicky Cristina Barcelona <laughs> is no longer happening. I'm really
0: bummed about this. So our our colleague, Matt Bellany, host of The Town, writes a wonderful Puck newsletter, has been all over. He's been tracking pa- this closely. Paris Paramount, which is the Nancy Myers film that was supposed to be made at Netflix, starring Scarlett Johansson, Right afoul of some budgetary concerns because Netflix was not willing to pay $150 million for it. Though, I think that's a little more Netflix's fault than Nancy Meyers's fault because of the way they structure their business, upfront costs, because there's no, it's not really yeah, in back end. Back end, yeah. But they they were not willing. I believe there was a $20 million increase in the budget, and that was a bridge too far for Netflix. And then there was hope that it would be placed elsewhere. But then Scarlett Johansson's availability for the summer closed because she's very in demand. And so the movie's not being made anymore. And I am very disappointed. And <laughs> I am disappointed because I wanted this Nancy Myers film is apparently semi-autobiographical. For many years, Nancy Myers wrote and made movies with her then-husband and father of her children, Charles Shire. They eventually divorced. She made some classics on her own. But the movie is about a writer who has to get back together with her ex-partner to, to make a film. So, you know, some similarities.
1: She also wrote about their about their relationship in The Times. Yes. Yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. I think that was in Modern Love. Yes, that sounds right. So, I would like to
0: see the film because I'm a fan of Nancy Myers. Sure. Yeah, There's great. also just been a lot of scuttlebutt about how even the, the initial budget of $130 million, I believe, and Netflix was too much for a Nancy Myers movie. To which I say, let Nancy Myers spend money to make good things. You know what happens when you make things on a Netflix budget? You get your place or mine, which was <laughs> the biggest Brooklyn Bridge I've ever seen. We talked a lot about Reese Witherspoon's clogs and the disservice that they did her. I was As I was falling asleep last night, I was literally thinking about the sad block on Burbank where that school was filmed that's supposed mm. to be right next to the Silver Lake Hills. Like, no, come on. This is what happens when you cut costs. You want something to be good. It costs money. Kitchens are production design. They are part of the world that is being built just like, I don't know, whatever CGI bullshit with ants you need for your Marvel movie or your John Wick action set piece. Like good things cost money. Justice for Nancy Myers's budget. And <laughs> please make the movie because I'd like to see it. Thank you.
1: I'd like to see it, too. I also don't enjoy Nancy Myers as a celebrity. Like, we talked about this with the AYR catalog. we Like, I don't like the sort of, like, fetishizing of Nancy Myers. I love her movies. But, like, I don't really enjoy, like, in and, you know, Matt, like, really tapped into this. Like, there was a lot of jokes about, like, we won't get to see the kitchen for her next movie. Like, the kitchens are amazing and are a focal point. But, like, I feel like one of the reasons she should get to make a movie is just to, like, have more substance behind this, like, this idea of who she is. I don't think she's very comfortable
0: with it either. And she has been updating a bit on her Instagram throughout this negotiation process. And this weekend, she posted something that was from, I I believe it was the Sunday Times, one of the UK papers was, like, about her kitchens. And she's talked about this a few times, about how she is not totally comfortable with the, the, like, reduction of... Nancy Myers' movie to Nice Kitchen because most people seem to understand it in a, like a, a frivolous way yeah. as opposed to it being
1: a major
0: like a- achievement. Yeah. Like yeah. she, I, I genuinely believe that Nancy aesthetic. Myers is an is an author the way that, you know, your Scorseses and your Finchers like sure. she yeah. has created like a whole recognizable world. That many businesses now profit off of, but but I think so much of that gets lost in public discussion, often because of sexism. So I think she's not comfortable with it. I don't, also don't think that she's hugely comfortable as a as a public person, or at least a, yeah. a, a, a social media person, which is cool. You know, she's of a different generation, so that's fine. She posted. <laughs> This morning, she posted an old clip or reposted an old clip of Jack Nicholson being like, sometimes you have to not work for a while to have enough life to then be able to make something again. But I interpreted it as her just being like, as her comment to sure. uh, on the the movie being done, I'm just being like, well, I'm just going to take my time and, and do what I want, what I want. I mean, you know, she's had a successful career. I don't think she needs to make another movie. No, uh, she yeah. also Instagrammed like a, a field of lavender that I believe she owns. Oh wow! And was like, "Thank you for all that rain because it's been raining a lot in Los Angeles." I, I have not successfully been able to grow lavender like that. So lavender uh, attracts bees. So I hope she's careful. But we need bees, you know, because I have to pollinate yeah. the other things. Yeah, no, um, I'm just saying, be careful, Nancy. I scorched some lavender last summer. It was really tough. Oh, well, just too much, too much direct sunlight. <laughs>
1: Well, well, good to know that she, hopefully she's got some some shade for that. But I guess if she's got a whole field she knows what she's doing. Yeah, it looked beautiful. It's been... A, what was her last movie? It's complicated. The Intern. Oh, The Intern. Love The Intern. Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Love every single outfit that Anne Hathaway wears in that movie, too. I do,
0: too, actually. Now that I... We watched part of it recently, and I was like, this is... It's a great movie. It's a It's a good movie. It's depressing. I don't like the ending. It is depressing. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But I think it's sort of honest in its depressingness. It's it's makes an incredible double feature with Baby Boom, which is a mm. like late 80s Nancy Myers and Charles Shire movie where everything works out, but is also the most deranged you can have it all. Like I think <laughs> Baby Boom sort of like ruined our generation of working women, but that's okay.
1: Good movie. Yeah, so many of these movies. You know, they just alter our our sense of what should and shouldn't happen. Exactly. Well, I hope she gets to make another movie. I do think a hundred million seems like a lot, but like I don't know how much a movie should cost. I think it seems like a lot for any movie, not a Nancy Myers movie. <laughs> That's true, but the movies that cost last. cost less look, look do not bad. look good. Yeah,
0: Great. and and thus are not good because cinema is a visual medium, so you need it to look good. Just a pro tip from me to the <laughs> aspiring filmmakers of the world. Thank
1: you. I am an aspiring filmmaker, so I'll keep that are in mind. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm definitely not. That
0: would be really <laughs> exciting. I would love to see your short Get film a real twist, your feature length. I will go to any film festival that you choose to debut your work at, Juliet. Even Sundance, which is in the mountains in winter, and is not my favorite. Me neither. Don't I just, worry. I won't do that I, one. I snow short of breath, you know? It's not it's not where I thrive. I know. The short the shortness of breath is underrated. I felt like I should have been warned about that a little bit more. Yeah. Especially since, like, we we were staying in a house that was, like, up the hill, you know? A hill, yeah. Exactly. That was tough. Okay.
1: Well, thank you to our producer, Jade Whaley, who's learned a lot about Joe Alwyn today, I have to assume. <laughs> and we'll be back next week.